let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for another day of life. We thank you for the opportunity to do this. We pray that you'll please be with us and bless us, and that you will help us that in whatever we read and whatever we present will be in accordance with your will and will be to your name's honor and glory. Give us wisdom and understanding, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's study is entitled, God Doesn't Abandon Us. And our passage for this study is 2 Samuel chapter 11 verses 26 and 27. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife, and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Okay, remember our title is God Doesn't Abandon Us. This story is one of the hardest stories for me to read in the Bible. I just I just always feel as though David is messing up his whole life by doing this. Um, and I know how the story turns out. I know everything that happens afterwards, but it's just... David is a hero for me in a lot of ways in the Bible. And then this is a big black mark on his on his legacy. And I know that the Bible's not just about cool humans and their legacies. But in the great controversy, the fight between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, there's always the acknowledgement that the enemy is trying to trip up God's people to make them look bad and to make God look bad. So when you have Jesus who came on earth and had no errors, and you have Daniel and Enoch and other brethren like that, who we know that everyone else, every human has sinned on the earth, but in terms of reported errors, the Bible does not record for us any error that Daniel had. It does not record for us any error that Enoch had, right? We, we can't conclude that they were sinless, but we conclude that they abided in God's will 99.8% of the time. Um, the point is they are shown as overcomers. And David overcame his sin, right? That's what Psalm 51 is about. David overcame his sin. And the story of David is important. I've said this before, I think I've even said it on the podcast. 
I've said it before, if the story, if the Bible were only stories of people who made no mistakes, it would be discouraging for us. It's, it's nice to see role models. It's nice to see people who can do it. But if all the people in the Bible, if all the good guys in the Bible had made zero mistakes and the only people who had made mistakes in the Bible were bad guys, then when we made mistakes, we'd immediately feel like it was hopeless because we would not match anyone in the Bible. Whereas God has chosen to record people who never made any big mistakes and people who made some small mistakes and recovered, some small mistakes but did not recover, some huge mistakes and recovered, and some huge mistakes and did not recover. Every permutation is captured because it helps us to understand the risks. Right? Don't feel like because your mistake was small that it means you're fine because there are people who made a small mistake and were not fine. Don't feel that because you made a huge mistake, it's all over and it's not worth doing anything anymore because the Bible has many people who recovered from huge mistakes, huge errors, huge failings. But in this case, what I'm looking at with this story is not 2 Samuel chapter 11. I needed this to get, um, to get the context for it. But I want to look at chapter 12, and the point that I'm aiming at, the thing that comes to my mind, God doesn't abandon us. When David did this, right, when David did this, Bathsheba was in early pregnancy. Not so obvious that her husband knew, but obvious that the wife knew. The wife is the one that alerted David. Bathsheba alerted David. And so early pregnancy, few months, David tries to get Uriah, calls him back from the battlefield, tries to get him to sleep with his wife so that later when this child shows up, he will assume that it's his own and the whole thing can go undercover. Throughout this whole process, we don't see God's involvement. God doesn't say anything. You go through this chapter from the beginning of chapter 11, where David is home while all his men are in the field, and he spends all day in bed and gets up in the evening, like a, a series of bad decisions that lead to an ugly place. And he goes through this whole chapter, and right at the end, after everything has been done and it didn't work and David is unable to get Uriah to be disloyal, right? To pretend like there's no war going on and go back to his house and live it up with his wife. Uriah is like, I can't do that. Not while my other folks are back in the field. I, I can't do that. And so because of his loyalty, David sends him off to die because he can't, he can't live with the situation. At least if he's dead, David can marry her and everything can get worked out. And so now she dies, and now he dies, rather. This whole process takes place, he dies. And we read here in the scripture that David sent and fetched her, she became his wife, and bare him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Now, the bear him a son thing is important, because a lot of times when we read these stories, 
we tend to feel as though, especially in the Old Testament, God is doing everything instantaneously, right? People are being smitten and struck and all this other kind of stuff. And God is not represented as doing that on any kind of consistent basis throughout the Bible at all. That's just the impression that we get that the Old Testament is hardcore, smiting, and the New Testament is lovey-dovey. And people get smitten on both sides, and love is extend love and mercy and grace are extended on both sides, both testaments. But we should recognize in 2 Samuel eleven twenty seven that what it's telling us is that at least six months have passed from the time David became alerted, and certainly nine months from when he made all of these bad decisions, including sleeping with Bathsheba. For nine months, the Lord has not said anything obvious. The child is born. And in during this time, God has not abandoned David. David is more than likely carrying on with all of his normal duties, more than likely going about his normal worship, may even be participating in his devotions. But the relationship is not right. And God gives him some space, but God does not abandon him. Because if the Lord were to leave him, not say anything about this, and then David were to die, David would not be in a good place. Right? The degree to which God appears to be angry with you is not the proper indication of your spiritual condition. It's whether you have sinned and whether you have been cleansed. If you're not cleansed of your sins, it doesn't matter if the Lord is saying nothing to you or if every bad thing is happening upon you. That's not what the indication is. It's your spiritual condition, not just events as they play out. So here, nine months, at least six months from the major problem. Well, because it's a secondary problem. First, there's adultery. Then there's an attempt at lying through duplicitous action, some conniving and some manipulation. And when that fails, there's murder. And it's, and it's not just Uriah that was killed. Okay. In order to make this thing look obvious, a group of soldiers had to be killed. You see how evil sin is? that it puts multiple people in harm's way in order for David to cover up this thing that will make him look bad. Okay. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. God didn't abandon him. In chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, we read, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. And he gives a parable. He gives a parable, goes through this whole thing. David is listening to this story. David is completely oblivious to what has gone on. He's listening to this story. And when he gets to the point in the story where the rich man takes the poor man's one little lamb and dresses it for the visitor that comes to the rich man, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely 
die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Yeah, that's not what you want to hear. Pronouncing your own guilt. When, when people talk about judge not that ye be not judged, um, this is the kind of scenario that they have in mind. Now, I'm going to be clear. David was supposed to judge. He was the judge, the captain of God's people. He was the judge. The king was also responsible for judging the people. So I'm not suggesting that David was not supposed to be judging the people. I'm suggesting that when many people think in terms of judge not, that he be not judged, what they're saying is, you think you're pronouncing a sentence on someone, you might be pronouncing a sentence on yourself. Okay? So that's the part of the judging that I want you to look at, not whether or not David was entitled to do it, because he was. That's what he was supposed to do. And Nathan delivers the rest of the message. Right? He delivers the rest of the message. And then in verse 13, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. And verse 14, Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. God doesn't abandon us. Sometimes gives us space when things are going crazy in life. Sometimes he gives us space, particularly in those cases where we have created the chaos. Right? I don't want to give the impression that when we're going through the most hardship in life, that God is just off wandering someplace and not paying attention. I'm talking about sometimes when we're dealing with the consequences of our own decisions or lack thereof, when we're dealing with ramifications that we have been instrumental in creating. Sometimes the Lord himself is silent, but he has not abandoned us. When Christ was on the cross, his father was nearby and shrouded in darkness, but he had not abandoned him. He just had to give him the space that was necessary for the process to work because the atonement would not be complete without that. In our circumstances, we may not be told why the Lord seems silent and why he's apart. But what I want to emphasize today is that even when you have made a bad mistake, even when you have chosen poorly, please understand, even when you're living through the consequences of your decisions, God has not abandoned you. He may be silent at times. He may go a while without saying anything when you're in the midst of your chaos. You could be the prodigal son who's off living it up. And you could argue that God is not going to say anything at that point because you're not going to listen. But when that young man comes to want, when all his money has gone away and a famine comes upon the land, God could have stepped in right away. 
but God does not. Some time passes. And in that story, I'm sure everybody can see why it gives the, the man, gives the young man some time to understand what he had done, what the consequences were, and to make up his mind to go back home. Right? Sometimes rescuing people too early in their troubles doesn't really help them. But the point is, no matter why that circumstance is happening, if you find yourself in an experience where you have done things and the consequences are falling upon you and you're feeling all alone, understand that God has not abandoned you. He knows why he's working with a particular timing. He may tell us. He doesn't always tell us. Sometimes it's obvious once he steps back in, it becomes clear why the delay, but not always. The point is we can always trust that God's ultimate goal for us is our salvation. And so he's not going to simply abandon us. Jesus didn't go through all that process to come live, teach, be abused and die just to let people be abandoned whenever they annoy him. Even when the thing that you have done has displeased the Lord, he's not just going to abandon you. Now, what we want to do is when God does decide to speak up through whomever he uses to speak up, that we will be receptive as David was, recognize our part in the mistakes and ask God to create in us clean heart, put us on the right path. Okay? God loves us more than we love ourselves. Just remember that. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for really being long-suffering. We thank you for truly loving us, caring for us. We thank you for being willing to remain silent for a time. Give us space, help us to see, think, feel, understand. Lord, we are grateful when you come back and provide for us a way of repentance. Please bless us. Help us that we will be in harmony with you. Help us not to let months and months and weeks and weeks go by where we are out of alignment with you and not doing anything about it. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestion at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.